by Riverside. to Garage Takes Season 3 Episode 19. Make sure if you haven't done so already, like, follow, subscribe to the podcast, hop over to the Garage Takes YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button if you have not done so. Uh, Give us a like on one of these videos, maybe a positive comment. We uh, greatly, greatly appreciate your support. And speaking of support, Got to most definitely give a shout out to uh, Dylan and to Mike for hopping on live on the podcast with us for the for the first time. Our main voyage had some technical difficulties getting people to to join the YouTube live, but uh, it was well worth it, Brant. Right. Having those guys on there with us had a great time. Yeah, it was fantastic. And something Dave and I are going to be doing more of. Uh, it's something where we want be able, people to be able to call in, give their takes um, and just uh Weigh in on anything college football, anything NFL, specifically more if you want to get in on Michigan. Dave and I are obviously Michigan fans. We're obviously uh, Cowboys fans and Lions fans. But that's that's the thing about us is we want to talk about everything NFL. We want to talk about everything college football. We're college football fans. We're NFL fans. So we want to go over it all. And so uh, if you have any takes on any teams you'd like to give and and you want to go over it? Definitely hit us on one of those live streams. Um, and and we had a uh, we had a Facebook post today that people came in and they commented on. They wanted to talk about the Lions and where they think they're at. Probably a good segue right there, Dave, into what we're going to be talking about tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I, I think that's the uh, that's the starting point. I think everybody wants to talk Lions, Brant. And uh, maybe for the wrong reasons right now, after they fall extremely flat against the the Bears here this past weekend, they've got another huge game dialed up against the Broncos this Saturday night. Uh, I think the question that is circling the Lions right now is, are they frauds? Like, have we been wrong about this team all along? And and maybe some people weren't wrong. I think some some people. Um, were more hesitant uh, for for a while to, to buy in on this team. Brent, I think you may have been one of them, and you bought in like late. I've been bought in for a very long time. I've been smacking the table since last spring. Like, hey, nope, this is an NFC. Uh, the, the this team should compete for the NFC, and you know I felt very confident in that for quite some time. And right now, I feel like I'm eating crow a little bit. If I'm being honest, it seems like as the uh, the weeks go on. The, uh, the the wheels continue to fall off the, the train here. Um, I want to know where you're at with that, Brant. Are the Lions frauds or is that an over-exaggeration right now? So before I give my take, I do want to just say um, there's, a, there's a couple. It feels like people from the Facebook post feel like they're not frauds. Um, and I feel like that's a general consensus is now they're nine and four. We have seen them be worse in the past. Like this team feels more real than what we've seen in the past. I personally feel like I'm in that camp. I don't think they're frauds. Like I think frauds is Vikings of last year. I know I've texted you that a couple times, Dave, where you felt like, man, this Vikings team, wherever they finished, whether it was 12 and five or or 13 and four, whatever it was last year, you had always told me they're not going to win a playoff game. And you would have like, 
I don't know if you would have put your life savings on it, but you certainly were very, very sure that you were not going to take the Vikings in any sort of situation. I don't feel that way with this Lions team. And um, I think it's important, like, um, one of our listeners, obviously, Kirk Norton, he, he points out in his post that Detroit's defense will not stop any playoff caliber team. I think that's that's pretty much spot on. Like right now, this defense has serious issues and we'll get into golf and we'll get all in all that. But Dave, the more that Jerry Jacobs is on this field, the more the Lions will continue to suffer. He is a liability. He's a real, real problem. And until the Lions can get something figured out with either pressuring the quarterback, making them uncomfortable or finding somebody else to work in that secondary, they're going to struggle because it's either you solve one or you solve the other. And if you don't solve the pass rush, the secondary is going to get exposed. And if the secondary is getting exposed, you're going to give up points. And to Kirk's point, you're not going to beat any playoff caliber teams. And and that's just the long and short of it. Shoot, the Bears aren't a playoff caliber team, and you couldn't beat them because you couldn't get them off the field. Um, turnovers aside, I mean – you did give him a short field from time to time. But, Dave, I think Dylan said this on Saturday. Justin Fields did what he wanted. It was bad. And, I mean, Dylan, I don't think Dylan was serious when he said he was going to have 200 yards. But Justin Fields was breaking off run after run, and he did it with his arm. And DJ Moore had a day. And it was just the Lions looked lifeless on defense. And – I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go back to the pass rush thing, um, because we know that they missed at the trade deadline. We talked about that on Saturday. That's beating a dead horse. That that time is gone. They have to figure out solutions now, and I I'm very interested to see this weekend what the solutions that Aaron Glenn can come up with. Because right now, if there's a hot seat, he's on it. All good points there. Um, I I'm with you in that. I don't think that the Lions are frauds. I also think that they are obviously a tier below the best teams in the NFC. Um, the Niners, Cowboys, and the Eagles, I know they've struggled as of as of late. Um, you know, those teams are, are all ahead of the Lions. And there's some other teams, Brant, that are arguably in the same conversation of, like, teams that I wouldn't want the Lions to play in the playoffs, like the Rams, for example. Um, the Rams being, being good inside on that D-line, like, I just – I feel, and I don't even, I don't even want to hear the storylines of Matthew Stafford coming back to Detroit. Like you already know what that game would would bring, um, but there's just some other teams out there that I'm like, look, I'm not suit. I am not nearly as confident as I once was that this Lions team can beat the majority of these NFC teams. I'm just not. Um, and yes, it is. The vast majority of this is because of the defense. Part of it is Jared Goff, which we'll get into in the next segment. Um, but Brant, sometimes the bet you're your best offense is playing good defense. And right now this team does not have a good defense. It's not helping with field position. They cannot get off the field and it's not good. And and I don't know, like to your point, I don't know who's coming to save you because the, the personnel is, they just are who they are right now. I mean, there's a couple of people that are rumored to be coming to save you. And that would be CJ Gardner, Johnson and James Houston are both rumored right now to be returning to the lions, able to play at the end of December, early January. We don't know what that means. We don't know what it brings. Would it help? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it would help tremendously. Um, I don't know how much it moves the needle with this defense, Brant. I almost feel like between Aaron Glenn's questionable calls as a defensive coordinator and the lack of depth and just lack of experienced talent that's on this defense, the only way I really see them winning a game in the playoffs is this offense being who we have seen for the majority of the season. I'll just remind people of that. The majority of the season, we've seen a top five offense. There are some certain question marks, uh, one in particular behind center that we can talk about. Um, But I feel like it's going to be one of those like heart games. Like this locker room is just like rallies and this defense plays some miraculous game. And it's like, you don't want to you don't want to live and die by that, but I, it's kind of what I feel like with this D. Like, I, I really don't know, truly from a schematic standpoint, from a talent standpoint, I don't know how much better it's going to get. Now, those two guys, if they do come back, are certainly going to help, but I feel like this defense has got to get back to at least level playing field of an average defense, because right now they went from being a, a good overachieving defense to an average defense to a below average defense to right now I'd call them a bad defense if I'm being honest and and that's not good um and so no I don't think that they're frauds yes I do still think that they can win in the playoffs I do still believe that Dan Campbell is a good enough coach now I know he's continued to make some some questionable calls but he is a good enough coach to kind of rally the team and get a big win but um I don't know. My my confidence level with the, with this team seems to just be going down each week. Even when they win, I'm like, Ugh. Dave, go ahead. If if someone's going to have the fraud argument and you're going to listen to it and you're going to take it serious, what if they just came up to you and said, "The Lions have played one team with a winning record this year." I mean, that's fair. That is fair, um, Dave. They've beaten teams like the Las Vegas Raiders. Did you see what happened to the Raiders on Sunday? They lost the game 3-0. to zero. Embarrassing. That is atrocious. They played the entire NFC South. Dave, what is the NFC South? The worst team in the NFL? Or the worst division? By far. By the By way, Brent, they could still get two teams in the playoffs, which is crazy. <laughs> sure, but who else lives in the NFC South? The Carolina Panthers, the worst team in the league. Um, you lost to the Seahawks, took that L on the chin and, and you got over. Oh, I'm sorry. They did beat a team with the winning record. The chiefs at the beginning of the year, Kadarius, Tony strikes again. We all saw him on Sunday. So if, if somebody came to me with the fraud argument, I'd listen to it. I mean, I understand it. I understand where their heads are at. It's just the only way that I believe that you could make a fraudulent statement is that they are a product of their schedule. And Dave, they're at a crossroads right now because they're playing a Broncos team this weekend that went from <laughs> really bad, giving up 70 points at the beginning of the year to now a pretty formidable opponent. And their defense is good. They got a lockdown corner. They've got good defensive linemen. They play good football. Their offense is okay. I mean, they can score, um, but they're not going to blow the top off. Uh, I think having that game at home this weekend is a huge deal. Um, are you going to that, by the way? 
Yeah, I'm excited. My buddy Matt taking me down to uh, the the game here at, at Four Fields Saturday night, which I'm just extremely excited for. But Brant, would you call this a must win? I mean, I I understand if they if they don't win, like they can still win the division, they can still ho- host a home playoff game. Um, but are there some other? Ra- yeah, I've got kind of feel that way. Like, no, I mean the season is certainly not over. If you don't win Saturday night, it's going to be a tough game. But it feels like. This team needs this win really bad. Like the timing of this is they, they got to get this right Saturday night. Yeah. I, and Dave, when I talked about beating a team with a winning record, obviously they beat the Chiefs. They they go up against the Ravens and you saw what happened. And then, you, and then this Broncos team who's 500, this is a great test. This is a much needed test. This is a, this is a part of a confidence team or I'm sorry, oh, my light just went out. Um, this is a part of a, a of a confidence boost that you can beat a middle of the pack team at the right time. Like this is a big deal this weekend. They need to get this one, Dave, for the confidence of that locker room. You lose this one, and all of a sudden, guys are starting to look at each other. Everybody on the radio, everybody's on social media talking about golf can't get the ball to JMO. Uh, you know, all the things, the defense is atrocious again. Like all the things start coming out of the woodwork. You've already mentioned the wheels falling off take. Um, and, and this can turn real quick back into, I don't think we're going back down to SOL. I don't believe that, but I believe that people will look around and say, this team's not going to win a playoff game. They can't beat a real team. And that, and, and those people will be correct. My last thoughts on it, I I feel like this is typical for most NFL teams in the in the length of a of an NFL season to kind of hit their hit their slouch, to hit their slump. You saw it with the 49ers earlier this year, right? Like it wasn't long ago where the Niners dropped three games in a row and people are questioning Brock Purdy. Uh and we are having that conversation. Seemed like the Niners were were about to fall flat on their face, and then all of a sudden they didn't. And they've got it right. And Brock Purdy is like number two in the MVP conversation next to Dak Prescott. And so things like that happen. And speaking of Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, we we hit a point earlier this year and, and even recently where they the first time they played the Eagles and just didn't get it done at the end of the game. And it's like, oh, gosh, here's Dak. Well, the Cowboys are getting right at the right time. My concern with the Lions is they're hitting their slump at a very difficult point of the season. Like you don't want to be slumping and slouching in December um, and trying to get right in the playoffs, especially for a team that doesn't have any playoff experience. So these next few weeks are going to be absolutely critical for them to, to get this thing back on track. Brant, we've got to talk Jared Goff. What do you do with him? Um, I would ask you the question, does he deserve some of the blame? But I'll answer that for you. Yes, he does. Um, Now, to what degree? That's debatable, right? Um, But 10 turnovers in four games, I believe, is what the the statistic is. And it seems like a matter of six, seven weeks ago, we're talking about Jared Goff and give this man the extension now, right? He's playing at MVP level. He had been consistent enough from the second half of last year and then into this year. And it's like, okay, it looks like we got, we looks like we got our guy. Like even at that time, it wasn't like we, Jared Goff's never going to be Patrick Mahomes. Okay. We, we all know that, but he was good enough within this system to, to win games. Um, 
Now the question becomes, and I and I wanted to throw this out there to you, Brand, is what do you do with Jared Goff? Do you give him the extension? Do you toss a franchise tag on him? Do you let him go? I mean, where are you at with this? Dave, I'm going to surprise you with this take, I feel like. I'm riding with Jared Goff, and I know the criticism against that is, and, and I feel like it's it's warranted, is we did this with Matthew Stafford, where we spent years just being okay, just being enough to get to the playoffs every few years, only to end up losing. But, Dave, I think at the end of Matthew Stafford's career in Detroit, everybody cohesively kind of said, yeah, but what did the Lions do for them? What did the Lions do for Stafford? What did they surround him with? You know, maybe 2014 was a year that they really put it all together, whatever. I get it. I think we have to stand behind Jared Goff right now. He had a bad game on Sunday, no doubt, and I've talked about him going outside and struggling. Dave, no more than that did he baby hand the fumble and have to, you know, try to get it back. And it's just something that you have to live with with Jared Goff. I mean, there's warts for quarterbacks. We have to live with Dak and his turnovers in the playoffs, right? Like, we know that. We've been there. We lived through Tony Romo. We lived through those days, Dave. Like, it was just like, but you were never going to ditch Tony Romo. Not in his prime. You definitely wouldn't have. Jared Goff is one of these guys that absolutely is capable of, of playing good football and winning you 11, 12, 13 games. I truly believe that. And I don't think that it's time to churn and run away from him so quickly. Dave, how often on this podcast do we talk about the defense? More than how the offense is struggling. I know that. And Jared Goff is a good system quarterback. He's not going to be scrambling. He's not going to be running to extend plays. And I know that we watch a dude like Justin Fields and we say, ooh, that looks pretty nice. Yeah, well, I've also seen Justin Fields play pretty bad football. Like, I understand there's two sides to that coin. I think that the extension is warranted in the fact of, we've talked about it earlier this year, he is a leader on this team. This feels like his football team. He feels like he can command this ship. The season's not over. We're not boxing it up yet. There's plenty left to go this year. And I believe that Jared Goff can lead them to a playoff victory. And if he leads them to a playoff victory this year, the monkey will be off the back. Dave, we're going to have to take a step back from that NFC Championship talk, I think, a little bit. But, but I think you're okay with that. Like, I think that was always a pipe dream for you, and you truly believed it. I think you really did, and I think you had reason to during the middle and the beginning of the season. Now that we're starting to play December football, it's starting to look like Jared Goff might not be the dude. And this is kind of where I was concerned about, Dave. Cold games, going outside. If this dude has to go on the road to win a playoff game, it's going to be difficult in an outdoor environment. Now, is that a reason to kick him to the curb? I I don't personally believe so, but I think that Jared Goff can get you to a Super Bowl. Can he win you a Super Bowl? That's the ultimate question. I don't know the answer to that, but I don't feel like the answer is no. You know, I have such a weak take on this because I asked the question because I genuinely don't know where I stand on it. Um, am, I, am, am I placing the, the blame solely on Jared Goff? Absolutely not. Um, 
do I think it's an overreaction to say like we need to move on from golf after after this year or like maybe a short term deal and and then get rid of him? Like I think that's an overreaction um, to to recent recent football. Um, at the same at the same time, like to play devil's advocate. The thought of giving Jared Goff, like I don't know, you even know what the numbers would be, forty million plus a year for I don't know four or five years, whatever that contract looks like, terrifies me. It terrifies me because I look at this team, its makeup, its pieces, um, experienced and young, and here's my concern: we know what Brad Holmes built this team on, and that was in the trenches. He wanted to build that offensive line. His first pick was Penay Sewell, right? Like that was the, that was the, the priority. Um, they've surrounded Jared Goff with weapons. Amonra St. Brown is a top 10, top five receiver, arguably. Um, you, you've had a 12th overall pick on, on Jamison Williams, who we think can be electric. We've seen glimpses of it. Um, he's certainly a weapon and, Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta is already a top five tight end in this league. Jameer Gibbs looks to be a stud. David Montgomery, your bell cow back. Like they complement each other well. I don't know, and I, and I know that there have been injuries too. I, I I certainly understand understand that. But if you talk about creating this nice safety blanket for Jared Goff, I think Brad Holmes knew that all along about Goff, and he tried to do it. My concern is right now he is reverting back to old Jared Goff. And do I need him throwing it 300 yards a game and two touchdowns? No, no. But it's the turnovers because the turnovers are absolutely going to, that's what halts you from making a run. And it's going to halt you this year if he doesn't get it right. And it's going to halt you next year and the year after that. Um, you cannot have that is the one thing is when it comes to ball security, taking care of the football in the playoffs, you just can't compromise that. And so, no, I'm not out on Jared Goff, but I am I am not even remotely comfortable giving him an extension right now until I see. Now, you're right. And you said get the monkey off the back if goes and wins a playoff game. Yeah, I I agree. Like, let me watch that happen. And then I'll kind of ease this take a little bit because I'm not hard one way or the other. Um, but that's where I'm at right now. Go ahead. So, Dave, you're going to talk about a problem, which I think the, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire here a little bit. I'm going to ask for a solution then. Um, we know Brad Holmes. We know how he operates. He's not going to go into free agency and sign a quarterback. He's not going to trade Jared Goff. I don't believe anyway. So I think his only answer is Hendon Hooker. Do you think going into next season – if Jared Goff walks, whatever happens with Jared Goff, would you feel comfortable with this team and Hendon Hooker coming into next season? No, I, w- I would not. Um, and, and I think this is a, a, a fair a fair question to ask because what I don't see something getting done in free agency. I don't know. Maybe there's some trade. Like I have no interest in like a Kyler Murray. Let's just like throw a name like that out there. I don't, I don't have interest in him. I don't think he moves the needle. Um, The only possible solution. And we haven't seen this yet from Brad Holmes because he tore this thing down and, and he did it through the draft and has built it up to what it is today to his credit. 
the only possible solution is to pull a move like the Rams or like the 49ers when they missed on Trey Lance, but they went all in. And that is the stockpile picks. You're in a quarterback um, loaded draft right now. And do you do something like that? I don't know. Um, do, do you do you trade a first, a second, a future first round pick to move up and go get your quarterback of the future? And you only do that if you genuinely believe after this year that what you saw is just like, that's the cap. Like they can't get over that next hump. Now you might lose some more games than next year, right? If like, that's the move, let's just, I'm just going to throw a name out there, Brant. Let's say they draft Caleb Williams or, or Drake may. Okay. That does, those names may sound like, Oh man, that would be crazy. And this off, like you're probably pushing this thing back a couple of years to expect uh, any rookie to come in and be the savior of your team at the quarterback position. But if you're building this thing for the long haul, Maybe that is the move. Maybe. Um, I don't know. And I think that that would turn off Lions because once you get a taste of it, right? Like Lions fans right now have a taste of winning and we're sitting here with four losses in, you know, mid-December and picking apart this team. Like Lions fans are not used to this. And so to go back to like, well, well, let's bring back this rebuild a little bit and be patient with the young quarterback. I don't think that appeals to the fan base, but I but I think that's the only so- solution I can think of unless there's some trade out there that I am uh, unfamiliar with. So I don't know your thoughts on that. Well, then that begs the question. It has to. Then why draft in the third round a broken quarterback? Then that if you're not, if he's not going to be a part of your plan or he's going to be a career backup, what are you doing taking him in the third round if he's not going to be a part of the future? Especially because you knew that he couldn't come in from day one and be a player on this team. So you have to go out and you have to sign a Teddy Bridgewater and you had to do all those things. So what is the plan? Dave, if you're telling me that he's stockpiling picks and he's going to move up for this year, then that pick makes no sense. Um, And that doesn't check out. So I think Brad Holmes has some explaining to do this off season. It starts with whether they extend Jared Goff or not, but if it doesn't, then what's the plan for Hendon hookers? That's my question. I, couple of thoughts on that the first is look if it's a miss if it's a missed pick and he and he misread it and it, yeah it could be a, a a wasted pick i think hendon hooker can be your your backup quarterback i got the his floor is is a qb2 a very good qb2 i think i mean i haven't seen him throw a, a ball in the nfl yet but from what i saw at tennessee's an older guy to his experience good character all of that like i could see him being your qb2 where you don't need a teddy bridge water on your on your roster next year maybe that's what you use the third round pick on cuz this team has never had a backup quarterback ever in my lifetime i don't think that was worth talking about um now this year they obviously got teddy bridge water cuz hendon hooker's recovering from the knee injury but look if brad holmes missed on this pick um, Brad Holmes is allowed to miss on a pick because he's hit on a whole bunch of other ones. Um, and, and, and I'm okay with that. Um, so we'll see. Maybe the plan all along is for Hendon Hooker to come in and, and, and be that guy. But I don't think putting him in next year as your QB1 makes this team any better. In fact, I think it probably makes them immediately a couple games worse. And so you're stuck in this sort of purgatory world right now where you've They've got to figure it out. And and we could be jumping the gun on the conversation. I could be jumping the gun even asking the question. But look, I'm very concerned 
to sit here and not talk about Jared Goff turning the ball over 10 times in, in, in four games and like silly turnovers too. Um, it, it's really the fumbles too. Like it's just, it's messy. Um, it's a short stint after very good, reliable football for a very long time from him. So there's a good chunk of evidence that says this could be fluky. There's a whole nother chunk of evidence dealing, uh, taking us back to his days with the Rams where Sean McVay and these guys said, get out of town and we'll attach a first round pick just to get you out of here. Cause they were done with him. Um, and I don't know. I don't know which Jared Goff. I've seen both. I've seen both. There are two very different quarterbacks with some similarities. Both times he's a game manager. He can make the under throws. He can do those things. We know that about Jared Goff. Um, but if he's turnover prone, Jared Goff count me out. Because you don't win playoff games with turnover-prone quarterbacks. Brant, do you have any other thoughts before we shift into the bets? No, sir. All right. All right, Dave. So, hold on just a second. Let me pull this up. Um, God dang it. Um, sorry, I'm getting over there. Lions this weekend. Um... No, let's start. Sorry. Let's start with the Cowboys and the Bills. Seems like I got it pulled up already. All right. Cowboys, Bills traveling to Buffalo. Buffalo coming off that crazy game with Kansas City. Uh, we just talked about that a little bit. Cowboys getting two and a half on the road. This line seems strange, to say the least. Yeah. I the 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 Bills have a lot to play for, and that is to like make the playoffs. The Cowboys do as well. I'll take the the. You said the Cowboys are getting two and a half points. <laughs> yeah. I see. I'll take that, Brandon. Here's why. Josh Allen, although a very good quarterback, he's turnover prone. Um, we've seen that time and time again in, in big games. And Brant, what do the Cowboys love to do in the Dan Quinn defense? They like to force turnovers. They love to take the ball. Um, There's a reason why Deron Bland has uh, six touchdowns this year (laughs) off of pick sixes. So I I like the Cowboys here. Um, In fact, I take the Cowboys on the, on the money line. What about you? Dave, I feel like this is a spot for the bills. It's a home game. It's going to be pretty much uh, a night game. I don't know. I, I, the Bills' offense is tough to figure out, but something something about that Chiefs win just feels like they give them a little bit of swagger. They're at home. This is going to be freezing cold up there. Dak and outdoor games also gives me a little bit of nerves. Um, I like this spot for the Bills. The, the line is just so weird that Buffalo would be favored in this game. Vegas might be up to their old tricks again. I'm going to ride with Buffalo on this one. Um, I, I, just real quick, I, it almost seems like if Dak Prescott is going to win MVP this year, it's going to be because of this game. Like, because this, the, these are the games, and you you brought it up, where Dak is, he has not been good, cold, right? Like this time of the year, like that against a good football team, we're going to find out. We are we are definitely going to find out a lot about the uh, the the Cowboys, and that line may be telling. I guess we'll see. Um, all right, let's go with the Monday nighter. Let's go Eagles at Seahawks. Dave, mentioning frauds, here's the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Jalen Hurts has been on the struggle bus. Every time I watch these guys play, A.J. Brown is complaining about something. He might catch three touchdowns and he's complaining about something. Like, 
Is there something when you watch the Eagles that you're like, something doesn't look right? Or is that just me? Uh, Seahawks getting three and a half at home uh, on a Monday night. Well, I guess I'll start with the the Seahawks because a I don't know if Geno Smith is playing, and b I, I I I'm not I'm not high on the Seahawks. Now I do think the Eagles are are a little bit flawed, not fraud, but they're a little bit flawed, and we have seen that lately. We saw the 49ers give the blueprint to beat them, and and the Cowboys absolutely use that to their advantage. Um, yep, they are they are struggling. I think they're hearing the chatter too and the noise. I, I I like the Eagles here to get it done against the Seahawks just because I'm not bought into the Seahawks right now. I think they're a middle middle of the road team. A middle of the road team that I wouldn't want the Lions to play um based off the last two years that I've seen, but um a middle of the road team that I that I'm not high on, so I'll take the Eagles. Dave, Seahawks gotta have this one. They played the 49ers tough last week. DK Metcalf got in a huge fight. I don't know if you saw it, but um it was just like one of those games where the Seahawks were, were playing okay. Drew Locke's playing. Like they were in it, but they couldn't get over the hump on the road in San Francisco. Tough place to do any, do that anyway. Um, but this is like a decent football team. I will take the three and a half at home against an Eagles team that is struggling. But give me the points. This feels like uh, if I can get those points, I'll take those points. All right, Dave, the game you're going to be at. I'm going to be expecting you to have a like uh, a sore throat on Sunday. Uh, you're going to be wooting it up on Saturday night. So so let me give you Broncos plus four and a half traveling to Motown. Who do you like? I'll take the Broncos plus four and a half. Um, that 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 se- this just seems like it is going to be a really good close game. I hope the Lions come out on top. Um, four and a half points seems like a lot here. And especially with the, uh, the lions faltering lately and the Broncos on a different trajectory, I will take the Broncos with plus four and a half. What about you? Dave, I've picked against the lions in the last four podcasts. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm on a real roll here. I'm going to flip the script. I like the lions this weekend to cover the four and a half. I see this as a touchdown game. This is Dave. You talked about a must win game. Now, in the grand scheme, it's not a must-win. They can lose this game and and, fi- and be fine in the division and get a home playoff game. Confidence-wise, they need this one. Dan Campbell needs this one. I don't know what the Broncos are right now. They play good football. I do know that, but I don't trust Russell Wilson. Um, give me the Lions to cover four and a half in a raucous Saturday night environment. Yeah. I like them. I love it. I love it. I, I hope you're right, man. It is going to be absolutely insane downtown Saturday night. I'm excited for it. I know all Lions fans are, and I'm excited to hop back on the podcast next week and get after it. And and hopefully we're talking about a Lions win and right in the ship. And, and I'm screaming and banging the table to give Jared Goff the extension. That's what I hope. That's what I hope I'm talking about next week on uh, Season 3, Episode 20. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just so everybody knows on that episode, that they came from Michigan football content tonight. Um that will definitely happen next episode. Dave and I will will dive into the Rose Bowl. We'll do all the things. Um, we'll talk Dave into buying his national championship tickets uh, on that episode as well. <laughs> we should, you know, what we should do, Brian. I just had a genius idea here, live on the uh, the podcast. 
we really should start a GoFundMe, you know, so to get the Garage Stakes host to the national oh. championship game. <laughs> uh, that yeah, that that would be that would be awesome. We had to go to the Rose Bowl, man. It would gosh, that would be that would be pretty cool. But yeah, we are definitely we got a lot to talk about when it comes to Michigan and Bama. A, a lot to preview, and I, I am beyond excited to get into that. Spend a couple of episodes previewing that game. Um, hey, look, if you made it this far, we appreciate you. Make sure that you like, follow, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review. We greatly appreciate your support throughout the season. Head over to that YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. We will catch you guys all next week. Powered by Riverside.